Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Greetings from swinging London, where I still am, still in the hotel room, not the basement. I'll be back in the basement the next time we start a show. Today's the Thursday show. The Sunday night program after week four of NFL action will be back stateside in the state of New York. I'm uh, closer to old York right now where I'm in London, but we have so much to talk about today. I can't do too much ramp up, friends. I just got to get going because uh, Tom Hanks says he only has four good movies over his whole career. That that should be not only its own podcast, this entire podcast series devoted to that quote, and also the journalist who somehow didn't get out of him what the four movies are. Who are you? Whoever you are, you need to get that. Uh, also, um, we got to talk about the Thursday night game. We got the the Bengals and the Dolphins. We'll give you your hashtag primer for that. Jameis Winston, the king of our bite fight segment, just the best quote of the week. He is a two-time winner, defending champion. Tonight he goes against a AFC quarterback who I will not name right now. I will just tease it. But first, let's just roll. Let's roll. Let's get into what I love, what I hate, and precisely what's hilarious. I love people uh, who are secure with themselves. I like teams that are secure with themselves, just confident, not insecure. They don't really care what people think. They're they're confident in what they're doing and don't care. They don't care about if things aren't going the greatest or if they're getting insulted or if they're trending or getting memed or anything like that. And I love that the Cincinnati Bengals are the I don't care team. They are. The Cincinnati Bengals play tonight. They played the Dolphins, who are undefeated. I'm sure you've heard. The Bengals are 1-2. and two. Really good chance they go to 1-3 and three tonight. It was a really good chance um, they could have gone to 0-3 last week. They started 0-2. And, and I, I just there's something about the team that I enjoy and that I respect, that they're not caught up in what they're supposed to do or what they're not supposed to do. They weren't supposed to go to the Super Bowl last year. They weren't supposed to be close to it. You were an idiot if you predicted that to start last season, the 2021 season, that the Bengals would even sniff 50 miles of the Super Bowl. They didn't care. Didn't care. Um, they don't care that they started 0-2. I think right now they won that game last week, and it's like, oh, wow, they beat the Jets. Who cares? You get to 1-2, and two, and their message would be, we're alive. Screw you. We're still going to win the Super Bowl. The percentage, the percentages are terrible, terrible of teams to start 0-2, and even so much as do win the division. I think the percentages are like, if you start 0-2 uh, over since 1970, you have an 8% chance, at least 8% of the teams before you have won the division even. They don't care. If you start 0-2 since 1970, you have an exactly 1% chance to win the conference like they did last year. I don't think the Bengals care. You have a 0.8% chance to win the Super Bowl if you start 0-2. I don't think the Bengals care. The only Super Bowl since 1970 that had been won by a quarterback who started 0-2 were won by Eli Manning, Troy Aikman, and Tom Brady. I want to know, if Joe, is Joe Burrow like up to that level? Is he the Hall of Famer type? Eli will be in the Hall someday. I think he is. I really do. You know, they, they're breaking out these all-white uniforms tonight and white helmets and all that, and Instagram loves it and sell jerseys on and on and on. And they asked Burrow what he thinks about it, and he just said, I don't know, I'd wear a trash bag. Is that true? Does he care? Because he does care what he looks like. He does care about his clothes and his sunglasses and his shoes, and that's fine. I'm not sure if I believe that he said that. Or if that was just kind of the cool answer, he's trying to be all about football. 
But regardless, the Bengals have a high possibility of being one of those teams that were like, man, remember when we laughed at them at 0-2 or even 1-2? They could, they could go 1-3. I still would not count them out. Just understand that like the Bengals as an organization are 0 for 54 years. They've never won a Super Bowl. And they've never been closer than they were last year. I just think there's an unbelievable confidence in Joe Burrow, and I think he completely believes in himself and what they're doing, and it's obvious from every single thing he does. I don't know if they're going to be able to, to protect him in his career. Like he, he may, he may actually get killed out there. He may suffer serious injuries because they can't protect him, or maybe he'll never get back. You know, Dan Marino comes to mind. Got there in his second year, just like Joe Burrow did. Never got back. The incredible, incredible talent. So I, I believe in Burrow a lot. Um, if they don't get back, I, I think it'll be because everyone was reminded that the Cincinnati Bengals have been a historically, historically terrible organization or because he suffers a bunch of injuries or just the football stuff. There's so many other AFC quarterbacks that are too good. It's kind of the things that Marino ran into all those times that didn't get him back, but it wasn't because of him. It wasn't because he wasn't confident. It's a really interesting game tonight because, my God, if the Dolphins go to 4-0 and and now they add the defending AFC champions as the team they've started with. They do it on national television. Get ready. I know there's a lot of Bills fans listening. It's the Dolphins extravaganza. It really is. It's going to be Dolphins all day, every day. And, you know, one way or another, they did beat you too. I kind of feel like the Bengals sneak it out tonight. I don't have a real strong opinion on that because the Dolphins have just been so good. But I can't give up on the Bengals. There's another team I'm going to talk about in the What I Hate that I probably can give up. I can't give up on the Bengals. In fact, screw it. I think they're going to win tonight. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I believe in Joe Burrow. He believes in himself. I love that they don't care. They don't care that they're supposed to be the bungles, that they get made fun of for years, that they didn't draft the right players, or there's better teams. Than they, they just don't care. I think I find Joe Burrow extremely secure, and I think he will be tonight. And again, I think he gets the win. Let's get on to what I hate, though. It's a team that has no wins. So I'm standing here in London, and we're doing the Good Morning Football Show every day out in this beautiful park, and it's in front of the Tower Bridge. It's really spectacular, and the British people have come up, and they line the the barricades like you see a million times, whether it be on an ESPN show, college game, or whatever. It's just your standard fans. But what's really cool about London here is that it's such a melting pot of different NFL fans. It's not just the two fan bases that are playing. You you stand up, and you look, and you can just go down the line, and there's Without exaggerating, there's, you can see 13 different team logos on a shirt or a hat or anything. And it's really kind of cool. So I was standing up and I was saying, okay, there's a Saints fan, there's a Dolphins fan, and there's a Bills fan. And I remember as I got to each of them, it was kind of exciting that they were there. And then I got to just this poor sap. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. And you know what hat he was wearing? Yeah, he was wearing a Raiders hat. This guy sitting there wearing his black hat, cool logo, everything. I was like, oh, the Raiders. God, that sucks. 0-3, and, and I just I just hate what's going on with the Raiders right now. Not only the Josh McDaniels closed-door meeting with the owner after the third straight loss to start the season. Then you get Devontae. So Devontae basically did the kind of um, NBA equivalent of calling a timeout when the team, the opponent is on a run. You know, the, the team, the, the coach will be sitting there on the bench, and the, the, the opponent gets a bucket and another bucket, and now they're up six, now they're up eight, now they're up ten. All right, timeout, that's enough. Got to stop the bleeding. Got to chill this crowd out. Got to stop the momentum. I feel like Devontae Adams is 0-3, and, and he says, all right, oh, time the bleep out. Time out. Time out. And he says, Devontae Adams, this is a quote, expect more. It's not, not easy to win in this league. We know that. Nobody's naive to the fact that nobody's going to lay down and just give you a victory. But at the end of the day, 
we expect more, and we will do better as we move forward. I hope so. It's strange. He's got to be in shock right now. Shock. Think about Devontae Adams' life, okay? From the second that they lost that playoff game to the 49ers, he knew he was gone. He knew that was the last dance. He knew that was his last season in Green Bay, and it's this terrible playoff game loss in the conditions in which he didn't do much and Rodgers couldn't find him. But, oh, well, too bad. I'll just have to go make all the money in the world to move to Las Vegas and play with my old college buddy and be the biggest star on the team. That sounds great. It really does sound great. Massive contract. Derek Carr, my face is on the side of Mandalay Bay. I'm going to put up huge numbers. And now he's like, we're 0-3? 0-3, not 0-1 or 0-2. We're 0-3. We're in free fall. And he's saying now he's trying to make the speech, which I respect. He's trying to be a leader. I don't know, though, man. You know who they're calling next? They're playing the Broncos next. So if you lose to the Broncos, who, like, that's a bad loss. They're 2-1, and one, but they've just looked so ugly and so weird. Another divisional loss. Now you're 0-4. You know who they play after the Broncos? They play at the Chiefs. And then a bye. So they go to a bye at best. At best, 1-4. and four. Like, that's like, I mean, you could say they're going to be 2-3. and three. Come on, have you watched the Raiders? I really like the Raiders. I love Max Crosby. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I root for McDaniels. I guess I like Derek Carr, but I just hate the direction they're headed. I hate it. If they lose this weekend, you're 0-4. It's a full-blown panic. And listen, the Davis family will do things differently than the rest of the league. They do not um, bow to convention or anything like that. I'm not saying that you're going to fire Josh McDaniels in the middle of the first season. That would be really extreme, ludicrous, and expensive. But... Cutting players, having strange press conferences, firing people. I mean, that's how Pops used to do it at the overhead projector. His Mark Davis's father had an entire press conference literally with the same overhead projector that your sixth grade social studies teacher used and just lit up Lane Kiffin, who was the youngest coach of all time, who he hired, and all things about Jamarcus Russell. If you don't know it, you might be a little young for it. Go watch it online. His, his kid is now about to be coaching over maybe an 0-4, 0-5 team headed into the bye week in a brand new stadium, costs a lot of money, with a brand new receiver, a brand new pass rusher, brand new head coach, and just they suck. And they're going to be 0 and something unless they turn this thing around. I just hate it. There's, there's about five teams that I unapologetically root for just because they're a cool brand in the league. I like the flavor of ice cream that they give. I always talk all the time that I like the variety cereal pack in the NFL. I like the Raiders cereal. I do. I like it. Um, I like the Steelers cereal. I try to like the Bears, but it's a little bit close and personal for me, and it's just been too long. There's other ones. You want to like the Jets cereal. It's rotten. It's disgusting. It's terrible. You've waited for years. Although Zach Wilson's back, that's kind of exciting. There's one of those brands of cereal. Frankly, I don't need the Arizona Cardinals cereal or the Seattle Seahawks cereal. I don't dislike them, but I'm not like, I have to have those in my pantry to round out my cereal collection. I got to have the Raiders. I do. And this was supposed to be the year they had a new formula and it was enlarged to show texture on the box. And there's a new mascot and a new thing. There's a toy down there underneath. The toy is broken. It's a stupid magnifying glass. It's broken in half. The cereal sucks. I'm disappointed. I'm spitting it out. I don't want to. I want to enjoy that cereal. But my God, 0-3. I say it all the time. You can be 0-1. You can even be 0-2, like the Bengals. You cannot be 0-3. Get get out of my face. I don't even have the percentages right here of teams that have made the playoffs after 0-3. It's it's awful. Awful, awful, awful. And something dramatic has to change. And I don't know if it's happening. So this is a very, very negative diatribe. And I have more positive things to talk about, including in the next sentence, in the next segment. But for right now, I just hate the direction that the Raiders are headed. And I hope they turn it around. But look, 
How often do you have a bad trip in Las Vegas and you just suddenly do a 180 and save it? It's very rare. And you try dramatic things, whatever you're into, going to certain types of establishments, certain types of, uh, I don't know, substances. Maybe you said, you know what, screw it, I'll just put $1,000 on black. It's a, it's a random, uh, rash decision-making type of town, and I would hope that that would not happen for the Las Vegas Raiders, but something needs to happen. Broncos are coming. Don't don't lose to Danger Russ and his Subway commercial. Don't do that. Don't do it. But instead, you know what we'll do? We'll make a rash decision. Actually, I think maybe a pretty measured one to go into what I think is hilarious. All right, so I've been here in London. Um, I got here Saturday, Saturday morning. Yeah, I've been here like five days now. I've gotten up and amongst the people a lot. I'm very amused, amused, and I find it hilarious, the British impressions of American football. We've been at this thing for a while now. The first ever NFL tackle football game ever played was a preseason exhibition. It was not a real game. And it was uh, it was the St. Louis Cardinals were playing in it, and I think it was against the Vikings. This is 1983, so we've been at this thing almost 40 years, where we're trying to bring this product to them. And then we've been doing these regular games now, you know, since the the aughts or whatever the hell we call that decade. So I'm around, and there definitely is an, a, a legitimate interest and. In, we got the Vikings and the Saints here, and there's, you know, Jameis and Cousins are so sort of interesting and erratic and polarizing. So there's definite interest. There's also just, I, I don't even know if the Jacksonville thing is true. We've been told for a long time that the Jaguars are the de facto team here. We got, we keep asking people, oh, are you a Jags fan? Yeah. I'm like, um, this is kind of interesting. So there's two players, two players that all of the people that I run into in London know. All right. Um, that they two NFL players, current players that they all know and they're very interested in. One of them is Tom Brady, which is obvious. The other, the second one is fascinating. Um, I'm looking at uh, producer Alex here, who's British in the room. You heard what I'm saying, right? There's two players that every British person I run into know in the NFL. The first one is Tom Brady, who's like a worldwide icon. Do you have any guess who the second one is? He says Peyton Manning, which I'm impressed that you know Peyton Manning, and he basically runs this company, but it's not Peyton Manning. The second one I've heard from multiple people, kids, adults, men, women, is they say, oh, I like Tom Brady. I'm like, oh, anybody else? I like Odell. They like Odell Beckham. You know who Odell Beckham Jr. is? Alex doesn't know. He has no idea. But all the people I keep running into, Brady and Odell. Odell, who is currently not on a team. He is an injured, recovering free agent. Um, up until last year, he had never won a playoff game, but that's kind of a fascinating deal about Odell. Super famous, the catch, cool, like kind of like a rock star meets fashion model meets electric wide receiver, like Mr. Worldwide. Also really likes soccer and has been over here doing that. So I just think it's kind of cool. They know Brady and Odell. I don't even know if they like the Jaguars. This is, by the way, London, if we've been force fed the Jaguars for like 20 years, they might actually be good now. So if you don't like them, this would be the time I would like them. But also, I, I find it interesting, um, the British impression of Americans over here. We were having this conversation today because, uh, you know, we're sitting there doing three hours of TV every day in Britain. And you're being made to do all these British segments and go with the British tropes and all that. And so inevitably, you slip into your British accent and, like, it's obnoxious and American. And so we were asking the people, like, the, the British people around us, I'm like, 
do you hate when hearing Americans say like, hello, governor and all that ignorant stuff or like, do you hate it or are you amused by it? Or are you, are we embarrassing ourselves? And they kind of said no. And I, I don't know if they're being polite or not, but I think they were being truthful. I don't think they're offended by it. I actually do think they're kind of amused by it. And I'll tell you why, because you as an American right now, let's say if you're listening in, in America and if British people were to come over here and do like, an American accent, like the stuff that they would say is so ridiculous. We put one guy on the spot here who's a journalist in uh, the UK, like a really legitimate one. And we said, can you do an American accent? And this is a proper British, well-dressed, educated. And he goes, I can try. And <laughs> we go do it. And he goes, yeehaw, cowboy. And like, we laughed our asses off. We fell off the chairs because that's their impression of us. We think they all talk like Bond or Austin Powers or Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, like a chimney sweep. And they think we're, <laughs> we're cowboys. And then we started doing it to the fans. And it's, I don't know, their impressions of us are hilarious that basically we're, uh, you know, obese Second Amendment warmongers, which is probably true. So I don't think they get offended by it. But we had a, we had a comedian on today. Good morning, football. His name's Finn Taylor, British guy. You know Finn Taylor, Alex? Just say yes. <laughs> Big fan of Finn Taylor. Uh, and he just came in throwing heat at the NFL, at the NFL fans. And he was making fun of all the British NFL fans, which we were getting a little dicey about because we're trying to celebrate this experience here. And in over the course of two segments of television, this guy, Finn Taylor, I thought it was so interesting what he went to that he thought the American audience would get cracked up by. Uh, two, not one, but two O.J. Simpson jokes on live TV in the NFL. And I'm like, I just think that's that's so fascinating. You would go to OJ that is was 94, uh, quite, a, you know, 28, 28 years ago, two OJ jokes, one in the first segment, one in the second segment, including, you know, one using the actual word murder and get away with it. <laughs> and then um, I was told that during the pre-interview, one of our producers said that he didn't, this didn't make air, unfortunately. He also, uh, this this guy, Finn Taylor, who was really talented and his tours coming out, and he was such, such a gentleman, that in the warm-up, the interview, he also made a, a JonBenet Ramsey joke, which I actually would have liked to make, Eric, because it's just kind of funny in a way that it's so dated, and we as Americans are like, oh yeah, I remember she was always at the grocery checkout line on the magazines, and that poor little girl, and, but they are still going with that. It's like they, they go with all the 90s stuff, and then I've just been making American Revolution jabs the entire time we've been here about... <laughs> um, you know, they sent us over here and then they wanted a, a taxation with that representation. And anytime I can reference a tea party or Boston, I just will. And they always crack up about it. You see these British cameramen just dying to go for a camera break so they can take a cigarette. And you make a joke about how, like, we whipped your ass in 1770, whatever. And they always laugh. They're not offended. Just like, I mean, I'm not offended by an OJ joke. Maybe I should be. But um, that's what they go with. So they love Brady. They love Odell. love OJ jokes. Apparently, at least one of them likes John Bonet jokes, and I just like from that same era. Did they have correct jokes? Are they doing Jeffrey Dahmer bits? Like it, this, that's kind of that uh, Lewinsky. I would think would be huge. Alex, you know who Monica Lewinsky? Who? Uh, B- yes, exactly. Bill Clinton's. Yes, she was a um, White House intern who he had, didn't have did not. Yeah, he actually did, but it, it gets very dicey. It, it actually boiled down to Bill Clinton said. Well, that depends on what the definite of is, 
is. And that's why we love Slick Willie, because no one was slicker. But anyway, uh, I just, I'm so amused here. And if you're listening to this, if you've been to London, or if you just, your impressions of London are, again, Austin Powers and James Bond, they do like us here, and they're amused by our uh, amusement, just like we'd be with them. It's been a great trip. I don't think I've offended anybody yet. Alex seems to be completely rolling with it. Uh, but that's it. We're going to move on now to um, Bite Fight. That is when we take two sound bites and we make them fight. And check this out. For everybody watching on YouTube, this is how it's done. A brand shiny new animation with, I believe, some Fugazi Eye of the Tiger for your viewing and listening pleasure. Bite! Fight. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Definitely not. That that song is called like Eye of the Panther or something. Uh, Mouth of the Tiger. Just something that's right there. And I like it. All right. So here you do. Here's the deal. We'll play three sound bites from guys around the league, around the National Football League. I'm going to decide which is the bite. One bite to rule them all. That is a reference to Tolkien, who I believe was British, right? J.R. Tolkien, British guy. Um, here we go. First up. We're going back to Thursday Night Football, which is just in a, really a matter of hours as you listen to this. Earlier this week, Tyreek Hill, the Miami Dolphins, told uh, was Eli Apple. He told Eli Apple of the Bengals that he was coming after him. Yesterday, Tua, who's Tyreek's quarterback, was asked about the cheetah, saying that I'm going to go after this corner on the other team. Let's hear what Tua had to say. It's fuel to the fire for Tyreek. Um, you know, he's he's a competitor, and he he loves he loves those kind of those kind of things um but for me i mean i'm i'm not gonna let any of that get into the way that i operate within offense um you know if tyreek is matched up with him and and we call a play for tyreek and it's one-on-one i'm i'm giving tyreek a shot just know that he is getting the ball i like it there's no joke or anything there there's no little cute jab or anything but Ty, i like the two as sounds very confident you know, he's a guy who's kind of warmed up to the media and actually has a really good personality. Has said some funny things before, but that was like, uh, hey, do you know I'm 3-0? and 3-0? and That was almost like suck it to a, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I like that to a, we'll see if he's 4-0. And, and, and by the way, I, I, I've said this, Tyreek is going to be on one tonight. I, 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 he is going to do something. The lights are too bright. The storyline is already there. Tyreek is a guy who reads all his tweets. He knows all what's going on. I, I believe that not only will he make a big play and put the two fingers up, I think he will take the personal foul for flashing them back at Eli Apple, if it is Eli Apple. And then about once a year, Tua, um, not Tua, Tyreek will do the thing where he like does a flip into the end zone or even an about face and a backflip. That's his special, that's like the good bottle of whiskey that like your dad brings out on Christmas Eve just for a couple sips. Uh, that will be, I think it's a backflip night. If he beats Eli Apple for a touchdown, it is a stop on the goal line and a backflip, and then maybe a brawl afterwards, but hopefully not. Tua, I like the confidence. I like to say, hey, if Tyreek's there, I'm going to him. Know that. Believe that. But we have two other entrants into the ring. Two of the first ones. Second in bite fight. Wow. Sometimes I, I cringe looking at the name. We're about to play some videotape from Russell Wilson. All right, here's, here's, here's how this goes. Uh, Eli Manning. Uh, of the uh, Omaha Productions company said on the Manning cast that the Broncos should have given the punter the mega deal instead of Wilson because it was a really boring game and there was all punting. And Eli has a funny line, which I hear he's now doubled back on, which is unfortunate. 
and said, yeah, maybe they should have given that 200 and some million dollars to the punter. And everybody laughs. And it was great, Eli. Talk your bleep, Eli. Um, but Russ, Eli has walked it back. But Russ was asked about Eli saying, eh, maybe his contract should have gone to the punter. Go ahead, Russ. You talking about Chad Powers? Um, yeah, you know, Chad Powers, you know. Um, I'm 3-0 and against Chad Powers, you know. Um, <laughs> okay. Succinct. Uh, rips from the headline with the viral video about Chad Powers and then just slides across that 3-0 and record against Eli or Chad Powers. Nice line. Really nice. Didn't continue. Had a little laugh with it. Kind of loses points for the authenticity. I mean, did Russell put that together by himself? Was that the PR guy handing it to him? I hate to play that card, but look, Russell's a lot of things and a lot of great things and a lot of positive things. Authentic? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's what are you going to tell me next? That Tom Brady doesn't come up with all those crazy, witty little one-liners on Twitter? Uh, it's a good line. I can't. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be cheap shotting Russ that much. It's a good line. Which one of his writers gave it to him? Who knows? But that's it. Because here comes the champ. The champ is here. We do this segment. You play a Jameis clip. I'm almost always going to pick it. The lights come down. This is the Chicago Bulls intro. And now, uh, here comes Jameis. He's in London. He's here. He's, he's really actually far from where I am. I've learned this week that, and I've known this before, but I've seen it firsthand. The teams that visit London don't really visit London. Like, they are way out. Like, in where the British people said they have the country house. Like, they're out in, like, um, the Downton Abbey area. Like, they aren't even close. And because they don't want people, you know, coming out to the pubs. Jameis has mysteriously been missing Saints practice because, you know, he's banged up. And we may get an Andy Dalton. Ugh, performance. And, and go get him, Andy. Um, but he was asked, Jameis was, even though he's been missing a, from practice, he was asked about his journey across the Atlantic Ocean and does he have the punching power to beat Russell Wilson's uh, 3-0 and record against Chad Powers. Jameis, ding, ding, the floor is yours. No, we get excited about coming over here. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially when, when our families – Get a chance. Like my my wife sent me a picture of my uh, my son being able sending business class, being able to to recline back in the bed. Uh, I got a chance to meet up with them uh, the other day. And he said, "Hey, Dad, let me tell you the most exciting part of the trip is like my my seat turned into a bed, right? So so that was amazing. Uh, I, I think everyone's significant other and and or wife was was allowed to to be with us. So I think that's. That's that's incredible. Uh, this experience of playing football in London, like that's awesome. Ah, it's tough. It's tough because I like that my seat turns into a bed, but the rest of it is just sort of modest. It's so nice to be here. I like the experience of playing football here. I I, I don't know. I don't know if he. See, I'm conflicted because Jameis is all real. You know, what I was saying about authenticity with Russ. Jameis, to a fault, as we know, is a no-filter type of guy. And as much as he's stepped in bleep a few times, I enjoy watching him. You know, the eat the W thing, whatever. It's just him being Jameis, who hasn't tried taken some shots and missed before. That was authentic. It wasn't as sharp. It wasn't It wasn't as, as biting as the Russell Wilson. And new bite fight champion. I got to give it to Russ. I have to. Authentic or not. Maybe I'm being too harsh on that. He had a good line. It was There was not an ounce of fat on it. There was no buildup. He didn't stumble. He stuck the landing. 
Jameis will live to fight another day. He was he is a great champion, but he is now handing the belt. This is Johnny Lawrence giving the trophy to to LaRusso and saying, You're all right, LaRusso. Russell Wilson. Wow, things are really upside down. If the Russell Wilson uh media bite is winning bite fight, but I think if you're listening, tell me I'm wrong. Jameis just didn't have the punching power there. He had one nice left hook, but he didn't go with that huge overhand right that we're used to from him. And that is it. Uh two, I hope you're back. Jameis, I know you'll be back, but Russ. Can you even imagine Russ's interview with 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 Jim Gray in the ring, or, or Harold Letterman, or whoever? Not Harold, not a, or Larry Merchant in the ring. I, I can't even imagine who he would thank, what he would say. I, I thank God we don't have to hear that. But anyway, in the meantime, he is three and zero against Chad Powers, and he is now one and zero in bite fight. It's time to move on to Brant awareness, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Roll the animation so we can get to Sam Pepper. Sam Pepper, there he is sitting out on his gorgeous garden veranda that he has outside. He just likes to stunt on us sometime. He's clearly got uh, a carafe of wine. He's decanting some sort of pink wine, whatever it may be. He's got some some almonds and some 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 olives. Like he's he's in Tuscany or something like that. As I'm sitting here in this hotel room, Sam, just tell me how accurate that portrayal is, and then tell me what's in the headlines. Couldn't be less accurate. <laughs> I'm on my second floor apartment balcony overlooking some power lines. Hey! But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, that's all right. I, I prefer to think of you in, in the other one. What's in the headlines, though? All right. First up, huge game this Sunday. Bills-Ravens. Josh Allen had a lot of praise for Lamar Jackson right here in the basement slash hotel room. Kyle, what are you most excited for? I'm sorry. I'm excited to see the bounce back from Buffalo. Um, I, I think this is, listen, we were promised a shootout in the Dolphins Bills thing or a blowout maybe from Buffalo. And neither one of them we got. We just didn't have. And, and I think we didn't get the shootout because it's really difficult conditions and that game was just so emotional and kind of a weird game. Is this the one we want? Because now we've seen Lamar versus Josh in a big stage before. We saw them in a playoff game a couple of years back. And it was not Lamar's night. And Buffalo was a great night for them, and they won, and Josh was better. There is a recipe for this. I've still not bought in on the Ravens' defense at all. I know they were supposed to get better this year and healthier and everything, but look, we saw what the Dolphins did to it in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter. And then, honestly, the safety thing with the Bills is a huge deal. The Micah Hyde loss is a massive deal. Leadership, tackling, all of that. They got young dudes in the secondary, young. And Lamar is one of those guys, and Jason McCourty talks about this all the time, my co-host in Gabonian football. There are certain guys that you just remember your first time playing against them. It's different. They're different guys. It could be Brady or Rodgers or even, you know, it could be Derrick Henry. It could be um, Gronk or just, there's just guys. Like you, you saw them, you witnessed them, but until you play against them, you're really not ready. Lamar is that guy. Uh, he's by the guy by far. He's been the best, most impressive player so far in the NFL season. Um, and so I'm a little worried about that, but I, I have to steadfastly stand by Buffalo on this, that I think they did fight their asses off in that game, and they were really up with the conditions and the injuries, and not only Hyde, but Poyer was out. 
I do think this team is more than just a great quarterback and a pretty good coach. I think their top to bottom is really, really solid, and not just physically. I think that they have it all together. I think they've been through the ups and downs. I think they were furious and motivated in a way by the way that Dolphins game ended. And I do think they're going to win this game. But, I mean, Lamar is going to do the Lamar things. Like, I think Josh Allen's going to have to have the massive, massive, maybe 404 touchdown type game. I do. And I can't wait. All right. Moving on. Non-football news. Yeah. The legendary Tom Hanks has been in a lot of movies. Yet he says he's only made four pretty good ones. His words, not mine. However, he didn't shed any light on which four he was talking about. Now, according to IMDb, his top four ranked movies are in order. Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan, The Green Mile, and Toy Story 3. Kyle, what do you make of what Hanks had to say? All right. This is a fascinating quote from Hanks. And I I, I don't know if it's him just trying to lean into that Jimmy Stewart, every man, overly modest type thing. It's hard to, to get to four. It's hard that he really believes he's only made four. But let's do the thing that we're required to do here, where let's just go through them. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to immediately just, I'm going to put Saving Private Ryan up there. It's, that's just, that gets a spot. But I don't know what is the other definite, definite, definite spot. Because I'm trying to take my own opinion out of it. I'm trying to think of, if you put these movies on now for the first time, what is a definite spot? You know, there is a whole movement online against Forrest Gump. I really like Forrest Gump. I, you know, was raised on Forrest Gump. I think it's a great American story. Really in a lot of spots. Like, a lot. There's a there's a 50 different jabs that I could point out that just aren't great. The, the thing where he gets the mud splashed on his face while he's doing the run and wipes his face with the shirt and there's a smiley face on it and that's how Have a Nice Day can... Just lame. Like, just as an aged well, obviously the Jenny character is pretty much deplorable. One of my worst female characters. One of my least favorite in history. But I like Forrest Gump. Does Tom Hanks like it? I don't know. And then so the interesting take on this is that people want to say, what about this movie? What about this movie? They haven't aged all that great, all of them. And even if they, I'm not saying they should be canceled or something, but just they get old. And I would look at this in the Kyle Brandt's basement slash hotel room through the lens of what we're doing with Josh Allen. Josh Allen this year, we're having him watch one movie every week from before he was born. He was born in 1996. So his review of the movie Heat from 95 is, you know, it was a lot like The Town. It was kind of like a West Coast version of The Town. And you and I know that, no, The Town is an East Coast version of Heat. It is an homage to Heat, but that's he comes from a different perspective. So on the topic of Tom Hanks movies, there's a ton of them that I really enjoy that if you were to show to someone young or you show to Josh Allen for the first time, I mean, if you show him Splash and he'd be like, really, what's it about? <sighs> well... There's this guy living in New York, and he falls in love with a mermaid. He's like, "Oh, it's it's a it's a like a Disney movie or something or a cartoon." No, I mean it's a live action Ron Howard movie in which Daryl Hannah, who you've never heard of, is a bleeping mermaid, and the guy from American Pie whose kid has sex with the pie tries to get water on her the whole time to prove that she's. I mean, it's it's crazy. I like it, but is that a great movie? Certainly not. And then look, Bachelor Party. Don't even need to get into. I like the money pit. That is still the go-to movie for anyone who's doing any side of DIY, home reno, anything. But it's it's a Shelley Long movie. I, I don't know where Shelley is right now. Like, is, is that is that a thing that, that really works? Um, Dragnet I love, but that, that's not exactly highbrow. Big. 
I think that is a movie that really made Tom Hanks a movie star. Weird things with that movie. Weird. It, I think it's really kind of sad that the mom in the movie is heart-wrenched and devastated the whole time that her son has been abducted. That's kind of rough. And then there's very strange things with kids and sex and the relationship at the end where they, they were about to do it and the woman's got her shirt off and the bra and this kid is like nine years old. It, that's weird. So we can just keep going. I, I like Big. Is it a great movie? Philadelphia's got a different thing going on. Uh, Forrest Gump, we talked about. Apollo 13, it's, it's pretty good. You, you want to pop out Apollo 13? Is that like a really movie that just like, oh man, at least twice, once a month I watch Apollo 13? Not really. I'm just going to keep cruising. Same Private Ryan we mentioned. You've got mail, ridiculously dated. The Toy Story thing I'm going to take out. Toy Stories are great, but they're, they're not Tom Hanks movies. They're, they're Pixar movies. Castaway. I enjoy it. I think it's flawed, but is it a great movie? I mean, we can just keep going on this, guys. I, 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 Road to Perdition. I really liked it. It's slow. I don't know if everybody bought the Tom Hanks tough guy with the Tommy gun thing. And then we're getting into the sort of problematic era of the Lady Killers and the Terminal. The Polar Express, no. The Da Vinci Code. Those Da Vinci Code movies, I think, were fine. Would you say that? Like, he did a couple of I think they were fine, Angels and Demons. And then you got, and then that's pretty much, after that, you're into Cloud Atlas, like bonkers. Captain Phillips, I'm the captain now. You'd that do it for you? I like it. It's it's certainly not like in his top five or whatever. I didn't mention A League of Their Own. That's a really good movie. It's got a good message. It's got good characters. It's really, he's so good in that movie. I've heard him talk to Bill Simmons about he was one of the most pleasurable experiences he's ever had shooting a movie. He he was shagging fly balls all summer and his family's around and his kids are young and he's playing baseball in the sun. Certainly he's talking about that. Sully doesn't qualify. Not a great movie. And then that's it. The Elvis thing, nope. Definitely not. Pinocchio's coming out. Um, so Sam, get in here. I, I think Private Ryan, and I'm just I'm gonna stick up for Gump. I know I know there's been some blowback of it. What are definitely the other two that are timeless, great movies that you and I enjoyed that you could give to Josh Allen now in his 20s and he's like, oh man, I loved it. Like, what? where do you put the two? I know you consume this stuff. Is he crazy or do you have two that definitely should well, be in? Well, I think the two that would be in by the mainstream narrative would be uh, Philadelphia and Apollo 13. Personally, I'm with you on road to perdition and i would have to think that if tom hanks is ranking his top four he's putting road to perdition in mm. i think it's that good and i think from like a filmmaker's perspective it's probably thought yeah. of as this great movie i i don't have a spot for philadelphia though like l listen he won the oscar it's it's a profound performance of a man who's dying of aids like but no has anybody ever watched the movie philadelphia twice like, would you ever put that back in and be like, you know, I'm just thinking, honey, what are we doing tonight? I, you want to get some Thai food? Let's watch Philadelphia. It's been a few years. No. It's, 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 it's a great subject matter and a great performance, but it, the timelessness of it isn't there. I, I just can't get there. And I'm kind of talking myself into Hanks' right because I think he has a lot of really likable movies but see, he's sitting there saying two great ones. And real the takeaway here that I know you share with me, Sam, is that someone needs to be hitting with a giant Acme sledgehammer over the head for being like, Tom, if you're going to give us that quote, you have to say what the four movies are. Don't you dare put that out there. 
and tell it not tell us what they are because now every interview he does moving forward people are going to try to ask him and i'm just furious about it because unless you're saying that a league of their own which i can understand and then like i don't know castaway is a is a great great movie he might be onto something sam tell me i'm wrong i think you're right i think you're right yeah. The movie that's not in there is Lady Killers. That might be the worst movie ever made. <laughs> All I'm right. a huge Coen Brothers guy. All right. So Lady Killers, that's that's a Coen Brothers movie? I remember he is dressed I up like so. uh, like Orville Redenbacher or Colonel Sanders, and he like goes heavy character. And I think the, are the, the Wayans in it? Is Marlon Wayans in it? I don't know that. I, I never Marlon saw Marlon Wayans is in it. Okay. All right. Not all yeah. the Wayans. <laughs> um, no, not, tweet, not the show, Wayans. tweet the show. Tweet the show. Give us your top four unimpeachable, great Tom Hanks movies. Last question on the Sam, and then we got to move on. Is Castaway a great movie? Not very good. Not re- Is it a great movie? I got something embarrassing to admit. I've only seen parts. Oh, never, all right. I'm not a big That's like, okay. guy stranded on an island, guy stranded at sea movie yes. guy. It's, it takes thing. weird turns. You didn't you wouldn't think this would be coming, but at, at one point, Tom Hanks falls in romantic love with a volleyball, and I, I actually think that Wilson. he took liberties physically that. with the volleyball when he was in the cave, and I've thought that for years. But uh, what else? What else do we got for headlines? And I'm not, I'm dead serious. I think it got really lonely in that thing. He was in love with that thing. It, it's like it, I think that he resorted to some really foul conduct with that volleyball. But let's move on. What's the other headline? <laughs> Thanks for making me me be on a two shot for that. I appreciate it. Um, all right, huge news out of the fast food world. McDonald's will begin offering adult Happy Meals starting soon. The box will come with a meal and most importantly, a nostalgic toy. You can get either the classic Grimace, Hamburglar, or Birdie, or the newcomer Cactus Buddy. Kyle, this promotion starts Monday. So when are you placing your first order? Oh God, this is freaky. Yeah, all right, I'm look, we're looking at the Hamburglar who's got the toys. And I just want to do a quick shout-out to... Why do they have the, all those eyes, by the way? I don't know. It, there's the pick. We got... Uh, I remember it was Mary McCheese back in the day and the Fry Guys and uh, Grimace is there. And then I don't remember the like the female bird's name. And then I don't know who that is on the bottom. You said something about a cactus. I'm not sure. Um, I was a Hamburglar guy. And I, I remember the, the Onion once said that uh, they were going to up the stakes and that McDonald's was introducing a new character called the Ham Murderer, who was like a, a psychopath escaped from a mental hospital who would murder people and then say, rubble, rubble. And I always thought that was funny. Uh, do I want to get, listen, uh, hand up here, guys. I go to McDonald's like often and normally I don't eat, but it's a drive through that's close to my house and I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. So like I, I'm saying like four times a month, we will be going through the McDonald's drive through It gets the job done. It's very efficient. Would I order the adult Happy Meal? Are they going to call it that? Because I think that needs a rebrand. I hear adult in front of something, and it's either porn or alcohol. Like that That is what that word means, like adults only. So I don't think it'll be the first one. But if you're going to give me an adult Happy Meal, I need a lot more than a little nostalgia with your toys. I need like some sort of wine or something. Or I think they need to finally do it. Think about it. Pulp Fiction, an actual great movie from the 90s that maybe we'll have Josh Allen watch. The whole movie starts with the idea that Vincent Vega is talking about in Paris, you can get a beer at McDonald's, you know, and he talks about the movie theater and how, and I'm not talking about a paper cup, I'm talking about a glass of beer. So why not? Why not at this point? Aren't they doing those sexy Taco Bells in the city 
where it's like it's like tricked out and the lighting is different and you can like get bleeped up at a Taco Bell. If you're going to introduce a, an adult Happy Meal, I'm not interested in the toy. Although adult and toy, an adult toy also has a different connotation. So there's no way they're calling it adult Happy Meals. But if they are, I need alcohol in there. Or at this point, who knows? Maybe some THC or any, but you need to have some sort of uh, something that makes it an adult more so than, hey, I also got a a cheeseburger and I got your new updated stupid grimace. Bleep me up. Believe me. I just wait waited in the drive-thru line and my kid dropped all his fries in the car seat. I need a little bit of that. Um, your thoughts, Sam Pepper. You are you are also a, an adult. How do you feel? I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that could get a little dicey if you mix up your Happy Meals and you give the Happy Meal to the kid and the adult Happy Meal to the yeah. kid and you take their mm-hmm. Happy Meal. But mm-hmm. I'm with you on most of my recent McDonald's memories are from college when I was inebriated. So, you know, it goes along with that. So I, I I can appreciate that from you. Based on the drive-through experience and passing the food back to the kid and the kid, you know, complaining that they got milk instead of juice. You know what I would buy? Never mind a Happy Meal. I would buy an Angry Meal. That's what they should have. Like an angry meal for adults and it's got hot sauce in it or something and it's a different drink. McDonald's, if you want to like rebrand and be like naughty McDonald's or like after dark McDonald's, do the angry meal. Sam, you know, I know you'll get one. I'll get one. And we're going to have to take off air that conversation and the Tom Hanks one because there's nothing I'm going to think about the rest of the time I'm here in London. But thank you. Is that the last Brent awareness? (laughs) That's it. Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was a robust brand awareness section. Thank you. Uh, Wilson, the volleyball. I'm telling you, like he is way into it, literally. So what else? Uh, We got to end the show. Hold on. I got to go back to my my trusted Google Doc. Oh, yeah. So we don't have the dartboard here. We don't have to end it randomly with the throw of a dart. Instead, the producers have come up with some very pressing questions that are United Kingdom related. And now I look down for the first time. See, my eyes are going right to the camera. I'm going to look down and look at the, the question for the first ever time. Today's question, bold. How many times have you been to the pub? Oh, I, how many times have I been to the pub since I got here? Not not a lot in the last few days because the schedule's been grueling and like we have to do the show. But when I got here, I landed on Saturday morning, like flew overnight. Not bad. Wanted to watch a few movies but fell right asleep. I had the same deal that Jameis Winston had and his kid had with the, the, the bed. It was, it was awesome. Uh, but when I got here, we went pub hopping the second we got in. And here's the thing about me. At this point in my life, I don't drink much beer. I drink I drink regularly, but I almost always drink like a martini or like a very stiff cocktail. Because in the times I drink alcohol, I'm not bleeping around. I'm not here for foreplay. Like, it's time to get right to business. So, A, the, the beer is too slow of a burn for me. And then people say, hey, you're not drinking the right kind of beer. You need to up the uh, BAC. I understand beer guy. But also, beer makes me like really fat. Like every half a beer that I have, it's it's like a, I feel like a two foot Subway sandwich. It's just so much. So I don't usually drink beer. But then there was this one in Rome factor that kicked in. And I walked in. I, I met with my friends and they're all, hey, you're here. And they all have beers up. And I'm like, you need a beer now. And then once you have one, I mean, it's the Frank the Tank once it hits your lips. It's just fill it up again. And then I just was beer, beer, beer. And I just I, I had this bowling ball in my in my stomach. And it was delicious. It was like running into an ex-girlfriend. You know, it was like a bonus night or something like that that people talk about when they run into their exes. Oh, I didn't know you were here. Like It felt like that, running into beer back in London. So I've been only one night to the pub, unless I go tonight. If I keep talking about Tom Hanks and Wilson the Volleyball and the Angry Meal, the pubs are all going to be closed here. 
so sorry about this everyone who's producing and editing this i won't shut up maybe it's just the last show of the week so uh, i've been to the pub only one night but probably six pubs over and maybe add to that today and i'll have another beer and it'll be beautiful and i want to thank everyone on the Brand space and staff my guy alex all class here uh a british man stiff upper lip on alex only speaks when when asked the question even if he doesn't know the answer he tries and all everybody, the men and women working on Calvary's Basement back in the States. I'm coming back soon. We will do a show Sunday night to recap week four. Thank you. Beers to you. Love you. See you next time. Kyle Brandt's Hotel Room, out.